Welcome to Identity Matters Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Finney, and I will be your speaker today. Every believer needs to understand who they are in Christ. In our series, Identity Theft, we'll do just that. Help each believer truly know who they are in Christ. Thank you for joining us. This is part B. If you know what betrayal is, and you know where it came from, here's the danger of you guys finishing this series with me. And podcast listeners, I don't care what country you're in, this affects every human walk in the face of the earth. Here's the problem you're going to face. I'm giving you such meat that comes from the core of the, of the gospel and in the, from the Hebrew that you will never be the same. You will never view relationships the way you have gotten away with it before. You will not be able to lie yourself to get that affection. You always wonder about, boy, is my sister a betrayer? She must be. She kind of hits that list. But see, you've never wanted to label it what it really is. Why? Because you are starving for affection. To the point that you'll hug someone that has a knife. This is your problem that you have coming up in about five or six weeks when we're finishing up this Betrayer series. You're going to see very quickly, even if you're unsaved, if you're listening to the words, you're going to figure this out. Who in your life are betrayers, which means people from chaos, people from chaos are tornadoes, and if I get involved in that tornado, I'm going to spin out of control, and I'm going to end up just like they are. Liars and deceivers and people that use smiles to kill you. Don't smile at anyone unless you love them. Why is that hard? If someone that you truly know despises you, you don't have to fake it and you don't have to insult them. You just simply be yourself. And if God through you decides to love on them, your enemy, you do it. That's the real love. It's not faking it. Christ loves through us. Don't fake it. Let's talk about that act of the kiss of Judas, the double-edged sword of revealing betrayal through the act of intimacy of the kiss. It leaves them with the reality of one of their own has been sold to the enemy. Typically, death follows the betrayer and the victim. That's the craziness. Both have to die. If you don't understand that piece about betrayer and betrayal, that ultimately two people die. That doesn't mean physical death. 
A lot of times it does. But it means relationally. Both people are going to get to the point of being calloused and untrusting and not wanting to engage in human relationships. Both lose out of this deal. But the difference is, is the one whose betrayal finds great levity and satisfaction in seeing you suffer. I've been a profiler for the government off and on most of my adult life. And the one thing that we hunt for more than anything else is someone who finds levity in pain. They do something mischievous and they have a smile on their face. You think, you think that only happens with serial killers? Wow, are you deceived. It happens with these little kids. When they set the scene and then they step back and watch a brother or sister step into that that horrible scene and someone ends up getting hurt and you look over at the little kid's face and guess what he's got on his face? A smile. The murderer has been born. I have been there. You have been there. This is not a sin that selects people randomly. It comes with being born into sin. Until we get indwelled by Jesus Christ, we will take levity in people's pain. It is the motive behind the betrayer. Why is torture such a fun thing to do through the centuries? Because pain is very rewarding. Pierced by the kiss, this act has far greater consequences than the human violation of bringing destruction on an innocent person, guilty or not. When Jesus said, Judge not, brethren, lest you be judged in like fashion, is a serious consequence. Most betrayers do not give a second thought. Why? Anger blinds a man from his own actions. And the consequences that come with their judgment and vengeance. It is humanly impossible to counsel, disciple, or guide an angry man or woman. It's impossible. Their stupidity is their own judgments. There is no other way to put it. And yes, I got that from the Hebrew. The word stupid is used quite frequently in the original scribing. Stupid means I have complete awareness of truth. Deny the power thereof it. And you do something else. So you got to understand this. Jesus is saying, Please listen at 602-292-2982. When Jesus said, Judge not, brethren, lest you be judged in like fashion, he was actually speaking to his followers, primarily his disciples. These scribes and Pharisees were just used to hanging out when he started preaching. Jesus 
does not address the Pharisees except for when he decides to confront them. Jesus did not throw his pearls before these Pharisees and these scribes. Scribes are theologians. Do you understand that? They're the great theologians. They could teach us all things about Hebrew. He addressed the listeners at the time as followers because they weren't indwelt by the Holy Spirit yet. They didn't come until after the ascension. He was addressing these people that were like thirsty for truth. And he's saying to them, don't you dare judge. Because if you do, the Father who art in heaven will bring that same judgment on you. And if you're a millennial, and I'm picking on the millennials because that's the generation we're in, and they don't believe in judging one another. So therefore, if you even address this issue with a millennial, they call you judgmental. They don't even realize what they have just said. They're going to leave and talk to their friends and be in judgment against speaking to me. They don't even realize that. They're having thoughts right now as you are listening of judging me as a teacher. I'm already aware of it. I know it's happening. And I like it. Because I get my 602s so that they will contact me so we can begin to have a discussion about what does it really mean to be judged in the like fashion I just judged you. And as an experienced discipler, I can walk them right into the teaching. And if they're ready by the Holy Spirit, we get to see a transformed life. If they're not, I get more judgment. And they think I'm the judgment guy. Not even knowing the scriptures that tell us, as Paul said, our responsibility is to judge those in the church. The unbelievers are to be judged by God. And that's why we can get along with unbelievers. We have no reason or calling to judge them for what they're doing. I'm developing a relationship with a local homosexual that everyone else just seems to be so nasty to, and I'm like, that is ridiculous. These are the people we're supposed to to not judge. I don't accept his behavior, but it's not my job to judge his behavior because he's unsaved. Of course he's going to act like a heathen. Why should I expect unbelievers to act like Christians? Get your Christian shoes on. Now, get your Christian clothes on. No pink hair. Now, buzz your head in. Why would I do that? When they are honestly more honest than most Christians. Yes, that's 602. They are more honest than most Christians. Christians smile. They use a lot of makeup, spiritual makeup, 
spiritual clothes, spiritual shoes, spiritual walk, and they walk as stiff as the church itself. And they do not realize that that is not real life. It's judgment. So what we're called to do is to be released to the unsaved world. We never have to worry about judging them. What we have to do is show them the life of Christ. I think Jesus would talk to pink-haired guys. I really do. I think he'd have a cup of coffee with them. May even buy them a Coke. You see, because the point is, that's his point. That's why he's here. But the churchy people, whoa. You guys are filled with judgment. Watch out. Because the Father who art in heaven will bring that same judgment on you. It's a promise. So look at Matthew 10, 35 and 37. For I come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother. Yeah, these are actually Jesus' words. Please try to stay with me on this. Millennial listeners, you already are doing this, so don't worry about it. For I came to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Satan has taken that little piece of what Jesus said and he has turned it into an entire worldwide culture. 602-292-2982. An entire culture. I was told murder is so far out of control. We're talking murder within families is so far out of control there is a media blackout on it. Because if we actually saw the numbers and heard on the news every single day, all day long, how many kids are rising up to murder their parents. You'd be beyond depressed. You would be oppressed. People carry their hatred toward their parents, their loved ones, deep inside. And if they're pushed far enough, it just shoots itself out. But a lot of times that's what happens. Someone gets shot. This is not what Jesus is talking about. He goes on to say, He who loves his father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Here's the simple principle. Very simple. You love your dog. Many of you do. Love your dog and your cats, beast, more than you do Jesus. That's a 602. That might even be a Dr. Finney at IOMAmerica.org. Send me a very lengthy email. I love these communications. 
because you're honest. I'm not afraid of hate mail. I invite it because you're honest. You've got the guts to step up and say, I never knew that dogs didn't go to heaven. There's so many deceptions out there that people are buying into with the beasts of the field that it's kind of embarrassing. So now that Jesus is addressing humans saying, if you love anyone more than you love me, I'm afraid there's payback on this one. You're not worthy of me. He said, that's just flat out cold. No, that's nice and hot. Jesus likes his coffee hot. And this is hot. This is sizzling hot. He's saying, I, I'm not going to shortchange you on these truths. If you love anyone more than you love me, you're not worthy of me. Thus, you will not receive Jesus. You just won't. Because they're not meeting your external needs the way that your loved one is. Let's bring it into betrayal. The root issue behind those who betray is demanding loyalty from others regarding their issues and concerns at the price of violating loyalty mandates put upon believers by Jesus. He expects a hundred percent out of true and all believers. And when we can't give 100%, there's what we call working out our salvation. It's called discipleship. Discipleship is the process of giving up the things that you love so that that percentage can go to Jesus. That's all discipleship is. It's not to make you feel better. Jesus is not interested in you feeling better. If so, he is really screwing up all over the world. Because as I'm speaking, reality check, listener, reality check, as I'm speaking right now, someone is getting their head cut off by a Jesus hater. Someone is standing there watching an enemy stab their child to death piece by piece. There's so much demonic hell going on, your brain cannot accept it. And you get upset because someone's not showing you affection? What is wrong with us in the Western civilization? I get these letters. I got one today of a call and plea from a guy in Africa who his family is presently being beaten every single day where the Muslims come into his home and beat one more of his children in front of him every single day. And he's calling out for help to this Western world. And I want to say to him, you better call another country. But I didn't. All I could do is just start praying as I was typing. Knowing tomorrow they're going to come into his house. 
and beat another one of his kids until he renounces Jesus Christ. You guys think you understand this passage? Loyalty is a hundred percent commitment to Jesus Christ when they're destroying everything around you to try to renounce it and you remain loyal. They harshly expect you to side with them on their self-proclaimed hurt and pain. If the victim sides with Christ and his stated guidelines, the betrayer feels betrayed, resulting in judgment and selling the victim over to the enemy. This was the case with Judas. His feelings of isolation, loneliness, and despair were controlling him. He decided to turn on his spiritual father and sell him to the enemy. I'm certain that Judas didn't count the cost. You know that elephant sitting on his chest as he was trying to find rest for his guilty soul? Oppression follows deceit. Demonic harassment follows oppression. Death follows demonic harassment. In relationships and in more times than we want to admit physical death. In Judas' case, it was both. We're called by Scripture to be angry but do not sin. That's found in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 to 27. He said, be angry and yet do not sin and do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil an opportunity. Anger is a healthy thing and then when you pour sin into it and you mix it around, what you end up having is chaos. Sin mixed with anger is murder. A betrayer is defiled by their own actions. The pictorial Hebrew word for defiled is tema, which also means surrounded by chaos strongly. The reality is defiled person feels unloved, uncared for, unheard, and defiled by their own victims. The truth is the perception of truth is temed, which means spoken out of chaos. Their perspective is the other person is the villain, Mara. The problem is Mara is bitter, evil, from evil. And what is evil cannot see evil. And there's your answer. Fact is, the deception of self-rule Their own bubble of self-rule deceives them in seeing truth and honorable righteousness. Thus, anything that has to do with honor is masked by their chaotic excuses. They refuse to resolve their issues biblically before the sun sets. Chaotic people don't realize that if they violate Ephesians 4, They are giving the father of chaos, the devil, opportunity to fulfill their hidden desire. Destroy the victim. Then again, of course, maybe they do. 
John 14:26 but the helper of the holy spirit whom the father will send in my name will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that i said to you facts are the betrayer cannot hear the holy spirit because they are caught up in this darkness and chaos so how is it that a self-proclaimed indwelled christian a true born again christian display actions and doctrines that are opposite of the holy scriptures and call them the lord said there are only two forms of doctrine in eternity doctrines of the living god and doctrines of demons to put it bluntly any human saved or unsaved that self asserts doctrines of demons as the will of the living god are not hearing the voice of god worse yet they're committing a great blasphemy against the holy spirit trying to shove satan's words into god's mouth that day will never happen dandy matter statement for today's betrayers cannot hear god when not if betrayal goes from a person to a culture be assured the second coming of christ is not far behind He simply will not excuse it people who put Satan's works demonic doctrines in the mouth of the everlasting God. This act of chaos will not go unseen by Jesus. We want to thank our listeners for joining us for our new series Betrayal the Kiss of Judas. Please join us again in our next podcast to pick up more of these refined details we're bringing forth from the Hebrew and from the Greek in regard to truly trying to understand one of betrayal the best thing you can hope for is the people that are betraying you are unsaved that's the best because you won't ever have to worry about straightening them out confronting them or trying to fix them they're acting just the way they're supposed to But if someone is claiming to be a born again believer and they are functioning in betrayal, you better pray for them because judge not brethren, please you be judged in like fashion. You've been listening to Identity Matters podcast. We appreciate having you join us today. Feel free to log on to our website at www.iomamerica.org. We have lots of resources available for you on the believer's identity in Christ. Again, thank you for joining us.